our theme for the weekend for the young ones is walking with kings now the ages is from nine to 14 or there thereabouts and i certainly am very pleased to see uh, uncles and aunties who have uh, made the time to join us today that is fantastic and uh, i think what is a uh, really really good is just to make sure that we are listening carefully. If you've got a piece of paper and a pencil, even better, even better, because there's lots of things that you need to look at together so we don't forget. Well done. I see a few people dashing for paper and pencil, and that will be something that you might as well make sure you have with you right the way through the weekend, all right? Because I don't know about you, I'm, I've got a very good memory, and I need to listen. I need to write things down. Walking with kings. All right. So I suppose really the question we need to ask is um, walking with kings. Why? Why have, has Uncle Kitson thought about this subject? Well, um, do you know when you're walking with someone, you get to know a lot about them, don't you? You get to know... Um, how they feel, you get to know how they think, you get to know where they're actually heading. You get to know uh, what makes them happy, what makes them sad. And it's nice to walk with someone. You can talk and they can keep you company. And it helps you to understand what they're all about. So we are going to be walking with kings over this weekend. Really quite an exciting subject, I think. But before we do that, we've got to ask ourselves the question, why? Why are we looking at this subject? No matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, there's always something in a Bible talk for you. You might feel lonely at school when you get there because of this lockdown. You might feel sad. But the thing to remember is the lessons that we can learn will help us to walk with God. That's really important to keep in mind. Those of you who are homeschooled, fantastic. Because it actually means that you can actually, I think, focus your minds uh, on things which are far more important. That's lovely. So, if you've got your Bible open, you can look at these verses, or you can re uh, help me read them, that's fine. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. That's Genesis 5 verse 22. So right away, that is showing you that Enoch walked with God. Enoch got to know God. He walked with him. He prayed to God. He asked God to help him. In fact, there's times in Enoch's life, of course, he didn't know what direction to go, maybe. Oh, but if you're walking with God, God will always show you the right way. It might be difficult for you. Enoch walked with God. He got to know God. 
He got to understand what God wanted, what God liked, what God hated. Enoch walked with God. That's Genesis 5 verse 22. And in case you missed the point, hey, look at this. Two verses later, it tells you again. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. So that's important, isn't it? In the space of two verses, it tells you twice. Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. He wanted to be with God. He wanted to learn from God. So we now who are walking with kings, we're going to look at kings in the Old Testament and in the New, and we're going to see what can we learn. Were they good kings? Were they bad kings? What can we learn? Enoch walked with God. Oh, he must have learned an incredible amount. We're told it twice. In Genesis chapter 5, Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. It's shouting at you. It's saying, you, Uncle Kitson, walk with God. You, Uncle Luke, walk with God. You, Uncle John, walk with God. We must be walking with God, listening to God, praying to God, finding out everything about him. And in case we missed the point, oh, the next chapter, Genesis chapter 6, look what it says. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. He was, he was a good man. He was upright. He was honest. Not, not, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah, here it is, walked with God. Isn't that lovely? Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Turn over your page. Genesis chapter 6, verse 29, Noah walked with God. You see, what the verses are telling us, young people, is simply this. Well, not simply, it's telling us a lot of things. But one of the things it's telling us is this. God wants you to be with him. Isn't that beautiful? Now, we, we can understand that on, on any level. God wants us to be with him. Noah and Enoch wanted to walk with God, walk in his ways. Now we move on to 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 12. Easy to remember, 1 Samuel 12, 12. As the years went by, God's people wanted a king. The words of Samuel, and you said unto me, no, a king shall reign over us when the Lord your God was your king. That's lovely, isn't it? So that's reminding us that way back in the Old Testament, ever before there were any kings, human kings, God was the king. And so right back in Genesis, it shows that Enoch and Noah, they also were walking with not any old king. Walking with the king. God was the king. That's important, isn't it? 
The people wanted a king that they could see and, and uh, follow into battle. And God says, no, I am your king. That's important, isn't it? When the Lord, your God, was your king, they didn't want God as a king. They wanted somebody they could see. They wanted to be like all the other nations. Whoa. What would you prefer? God as your king? Or a, just a normal human being? Well, way back in Genesis, do you know, there was God's tent and the, all the other people's tents were around. Remember the tribes? Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Ephraim, and Manasseh. Those were the tribes. About two and a half million or there or thereabouts. We'll just say three million because of time. And God had his tent at the center. When God moved on, then the people packed up their tents and they moved on as well. They followed God in the wilderness. They were walking with God, weren't they? In fact, look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 18 to 20. When you go into the land, you are going to want to have a king. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book. So, okay, you're going to have a king one day. What should the king do? He had to write out, not type out, he didn't have typewriters or texts and, you know, voice me messages or audio texts where you, you speak into your phone and it types it. No, no, no. The king had to write out the co a copy of the law. Whoa, it took him ages, absolutely ages. Write out a copy of this law in a book. So the king had to be a good writer, a good reader. He had to study God's word. And it shall be with him. And he shall read therein all the days of his life. So the king, if he wants people to walk with him, he has to do his daily Bible reading. He had to read it. All the days of his life. The king had to be responsible. If he wants other people to, to walk with him, he has to set a good example. Read it that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren. He had to read and write God's word every day. It didn't take him, it took him years to write it out, bit by bit, years. It was a lifelong thing to re read and to write, wasn't it? Just like us. So the king wants us to read and to write his word. So look at the promises to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Oh, this is amazing. So 
Those of you who are a little older, I want to tell you something which is so important. Do you know, when I got baptised, one of the things that really encouraged me was looking at God's promises. The Abrahamic promises and the Davidic promises. Oh, we haven't got time to look at the Abrahamic promises. Oh, and we haven't even got time to look at the, the Edenic promises. That's for another time. God said to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee. God is telling David of the future. That one day, something or someone special would come. Amazing. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, David, I will set up thy seed after thee. One day there would come in the line of, G of David a king, the Lord Jesus. And I will establish his kingdom. So when we read about David, and the promises to David in 2 Samuel 7, it's pointing forward to the Lord Jesus Christ that one day there would come somebody in the family line of David. And that's Jesus. Oh, but there's so much more. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish a throne of, his, of the kingdom forever. Of his kingdom forever. Something else to say. I will be his father. And he shall be my son. So these words. These promises that God spoke to David. Are telling him. About the future. And that one day. The Lord Jesus Christ. Would be promised. But my mercy shall not depart from him. Okay, let's go on. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Do you know what that, that phrase there means? It means that David, that the, David would see one day the Lord Jesus Christ and all these things in the future. And how would that happen? When he's resurrected from the dead. Oh, this is amazing. So, one of the things to keep in mind is this. Walking with David means understanding that one day Jesus will return to set up the kingdom on this earth. Okay, so, let's see and understand a bit more, shall we, about what God said to Jesus, or God said to David. When thy days be fulfilled, Phil, that's in verse 12. David, when you die, after you die, in the future, something amazing is going to happen. After you die, David, a long while after, I will set up thy seed or your descendant, your offspring. I will set up thy seed. What does that mean? Who is that? Well, 
God will provide a righteous dis descendant from David. And who do you think that would be? Anybody. Unmute yourself and tell me who is David being told about? Jesus. Absolutely right. Well, and what is good is if you say your name and then say the answer, that is even better. So try again. Isaac Jesus. Excellent. Isaac Jesus. Lovely. Isaac and Miles, Jesus. Great. Thank you. Jesus was a son of David. Oh, wow. I will be his father and he shall be my son. Oh, the birth of his son would be by divine intervention. In other words, this was through God and Mary. Oh, amazing. You see what God promised David? This is incredible. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men. So God is telling David of the future. That's important to keep in mind. All right. A bit more. He will build a house for my name. Oh. What does that mean? God is saying to David, one day your descendant will build a house for my name. Oh. Now, you know, David wanted to build the temple, but God says, oh, no. Oh, no. Solomon's going to build it. But actually, here's a thing to keep in mind, please. This is pointing to the Lord Jesus. It's talking about a spiritual temple. A household of faithful followers. So David says, I want to build God a house. God says, oh, no, you, you want to build me a house? I'm going to build you a household, a household of people. Isn't that amazing? I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So Jesus will sit on the throne. And he will be king of the world. God would establish it in the sight of David. So David would be resurrected. David would be brought back to life to see these things. So that's important too. The verses are showing us in 2 Samuel chapter 7 that David would be brought back to life and he would see these things wow that is so important second Samuel 7 verse 11 moreover the lord declares to you that the lord will make you a house a household of people not a house of bricks and mortar concrete and and and, and, and uh, you know slates and tiles no a household of people. God would build up David's family, which includes Jesus. Eh, now, this is so important, young people. Verse 12. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, when you die, I will raise up you an offspring after you 
who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. Now, do you know, to a lot of people out there, young people, to lots of people out there that don't believe what the Bible says. They don't believe that Jesus will return. He will set up his kingdom on earth. Remember the Lord's Prayer? How does it go? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Finish it, somebody, finish it. Thy will be done, where? In oh, heaven? On earth as it is in heaven. Absolutely right. When we die, we don't, we don't go to heaven when we die. No. Jesus will return to set up the kingdom on earth. All right. When David's life was over and he was dead, God would raise up one of his descendants. All right. Okay. There's so much more to say. He shall build a house for my name and I shall establish the throne of his, of his kingdom forever. Walking with king, walking with the king means walking with God. And actually it really, 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 really means walking with Jesus. We want to be like him. We want to find out about him. We want to know everything about him. We want to walk with him to the kingdom. So let's break it down, shall we? The promises to David means they incorporate the reestablishment of Israel. All right. It means that the setting up of a king upon the throne of David forever means Jesus will return to be king of the world. It means that there will be a, 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 the building of a house or temple for God by this king, a household of people. And also, there will be a wonderful time where the kingdom will be brought. The death, but you see, David died. But he's going to be resurrected from the dead, you see. David was promised a special son who would reign from his throne and over his kingdom forever. This, this special son would be Jesus through Mary. And God promised that Jesus would sit on the throne. Well, with a little while left, come across a couple of pages, please, to 2 Samuel, just one page, 2 Samuel chapter 11. This is, I think, quite a sad time for David. A couple chapters, one back a chapter or two, he said, I want to do something amazing for God. I want to build a, a temple. I want to serve God so much. Oh, this is a sad chapter, young people. David, in these opening verses, wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And we can learn. Look at my title, 2 Samuel 11, David's Sin. S-I-N. You get that? David's sin. S-I. I sin. You sin. David sins. 
Can't blame anybody else. Look and see what we can learn when we're still walking with David. But do you know something? At this time in David's life, for a while, sorry to say this, he wasn't walking with God. And when you don't walk with the king, you're going to have problems. Verse 1. And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, David should have been working for God. He should have been fighting God's battles. And you know what? You know something, young people? I have found in my life, if you're not fighting God's battles, you know what happens? <laughs> you end up fighting your own and you end up losing. Isn't that right, Uncle John? Eh? He's supposed to be out with the army. At a time when kings go forth to battle, David should have gone out with all the soldiers. He should have been at the head and he should have been setting a good example. So the people could follow him, follow him into battle. At the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David stayed still at Jerusalem. He sends all the, all the army out. Uh, go on, um, Joab, you're the captain. You go out. You 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 fight the battle. I I'm gonna just you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stay stay in Jerusalem for a bit. I'll, I'll just maybe I'll maybe put my feet up. You know, the king should have gone out to battle. But he sends anybody, he sends everybody else. What's he doing at home? Oh, look what the verse says. And it came to pass in an evening tide, in the evening, that David arose from off his bed. Huh? What's he doing? Having a rest in the evening. Is, that, is he having an early night or something? Is, is he is he staying up late and then in the morning he's getting up at two o'clock in the afternoon? Hey? He's supposed to be at the battle. What's he doing lying on his bed? In the evening? What? At five o'clock? Is he what's he doing lying around at five o'clock? And it came to pass in the evening time that David arose. Now, look at that word for those of you who are making notes, you older ones. That word in the Hebrew for tarried, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. The word there is yashab, and it means to sit down. Hey, he's sitting around. Come on, David. And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. Hey, he said, he seems a bit bored, doesn't he? You got anything better to do? Just walking around upon the roof of the king's house. He's looking around. See, you can just see him with his binoculars. Let me see what's going on. 
Yeah. All looks good. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. Oh dear. All right. Okay. Oops. Sorry. Sorry. Accident. These things might happen. He should have shut the door straight away and walked away. In fact, if he was at the battle, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have seen anything, would he? He wouldn't be there. He saw a woman washing himself, washing herself. Oh dear. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Now that word saw is not like a oh oops, oops, sorry, sorry, shouldn't have seen, oops, sorry. That word saw there means to gaze, to look intently. Oh no, David. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Well, that's what he was thinking, wasn't he? Because the longer he looked, the more he saw. David, you should have shut the window. You should be at the battle. You should have been busy doing God's work. And David, now, now here's the thing, young people. So how, how have you been spending your time at lockdown uh, or when you've been at home? You've been watching a lot of Netflix or uh, Disney channels or all these films. What, 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 what have you been doing? Hey? Uh, very important to be doing the things of God. If not, you might find yourself in the wrong place, in an awful lot of trouble, looking at things that you should not look at. And David goes and he, 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 he calls one of his servants and he says, uh, who, who, who is that? Who's that woman there? And somebody said, oh, she's married. She is the wife of Uriah the Hittite, one of your mighty men of valor one of your greatest warriors, and he's out fighting the battle. Really? Uh, can you tell her, please? I would like to speak to her. And I think this is what happened. She knows that her husband is away fighting the battles. And... Uh, there's a knock at the door. The, the, the servant comes and she opens the door and uh, she says, she says, yes. And the servant says, my lady, King David would like to see you urgently. Oh, Me? It must be bad news. Oh, please, no. Please, don't let it be that my lovely husband, Uriah the Hittite, 
Oh, no. I hope he hasn't been killed in the battle. Oh, oh, why else would the king, king want to speak to me? Oh, oh. So she grabs what she can, puts on, gets dressed, and she rushes to see the king. Oh, David, please, please don't tell me. I don't want to hear that bad news. What's wrong? Oh, it, it must be bad news. My, my, my husband, Uriah, is he okay? Is he well? Calm down, calm down. Everything is fine. Your husband is well. Oh, is he? Yes, I promise you. Anyway, come, come, come and sit down. Um, how, how, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm well. You sure my husband is well? Yes, he's well. He's a, he's a good man. Anyway, um, have, have a glass of wine. Oh dear, David. He does something really bad. Really bad. And then she goes back home. And she finds out she's expecting a baby. And it's not her husband's because he's fighting the battles. It's David's own. Do you know, the law says that David and Bathsheba would have been stoned to death. He took another man's wife. Oh, uh oh. And then David tries to dig himself out of the problem. And you know, the more you dig, the more you get into the hole. Uh oh. Uh, I'll tell you, let me, um, I've got an idea. He, he, he writes a letter. He says, um, uh, please send Uriah home. I would like to see him. So the letter goes to the battlefield. Uriah comes home. He said, David, um, what's wrong? He says, nothing. He says, how's the battle going? Um, how's the battle going, Uriah? Battle's fine. You mean you called me all the way from the battle just to ask me that? Um... How, how, how are you? How, how is your family? How is your wife? I hear she's, she, I hear she's well. Yeah, she's, she's, she's well. Well, I'll tell you what, come and have a meal. Um, but uh, uh, go, go, go home and see your wife. Go, 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 go. go. I'll get, I'm giving you some time off. Go and see your wife. Go and spend some time with your wife. Go, go. In fact, and, and, and uh, Uriah went. Uriah didn't go home. And David sent loads of food to go. But Uriah didn't go home because David wanted Uriah to go home to be with his wife. And then everybody would think, oh, that must be Uriah's baby. Oh, no, David. The next day, they say, Uriah didn't go home. What? He didn't go home. Uh-oh. Dig yourself a little deeper in the hole. Um, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah. 
you, you, you see, David made him drunk as well, you see. Yeah. Oh. Okay, there's only one thing for it. He writes a letter. Put Uriah in the worst part of the battle, the hottest part, and then leave him to die. Oh, oh. David, you're getting deeper and deeper in the hole. You're trying to dig yourself out, but you're going the opposite way, David. Uh-oh. You see where it started? Keep busy in fighting the Lord's battle. If not, you'll be ending up fighting your own. So, a few minutes to go. He gives him the letter. And he goes back to the battle. Joab reads it and says, um, there's, there's, a, there's a battle going on. We're going to send you, 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 and uh, you, uh, Uriah, you go as well. And you know, they left Uriah there. And look what it says. We're told that in verse 17, and the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, and there fell some of the people of the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died also. Those of you who are making notes, the Septuagint version says, 17 others died also. 17 other people died as well. Seven. So now David caused Uriah to die, but... 17 other people as well. Oh, David. You see what you can learn walking with kings? Oh, good lessons and bad lessons. Look at verse 25. Then David said unto the messenger, thus shalt thou say unto Joab, let not the thing displease thee. Don't, don't, be, don't, don't, don't be angry. Don't think it's bad. Don't, don't make it not evil in your sight. Don't be displeased. Oh, but look at the end of verse 27. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. David said to Joab, don't let it displease you, the fact that Uriah's dead. But that wasn't the point, was it? Don't displease God. Well, we have to stop there, do you know? That was just a, a quick little thing. So what have we learned? Some days you're strong. Some days you're weak. But make sure that you occupy your time. Don't look at things you're not supposed to look at. It's not good for you. And so we walk with David when he was strong and when he was weak and we see that God forgave him. Let us just bow our heads for a word of prayer, shall we? Dear Lord God in heaven, help us please to 